the cannabis community, though it's growing, is a tiny fraction of the people that make up this country. You have to kind of reconcile that and you have to be clever and do this kind of balancing act. Hi babes, Lady Silverstone here and welcome to my podcast where we're trying to demystify cannabis one conversation at a time. In this episode, we're talking about the balancing act you have to perform when you're advocating for cannabis, the old conservative mindset on it, and the Gavin and Stacey show with our guest today. She's the founder of a London-based CBD brand called Endobox that specializes in women's period care. She's a progressive advocate of cannabis, but she grew up in a conservative Middle Eastern background, so she had to fight her way through the difficulties that can arise from that, in addition to the cannabis business itself. And yet, she remains kind, compassionate, and a fun human being. My kind of boss lady. Let's welcome Amelia. I hope you enjoy it. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, thank you. How are you? How, how have you been? It's been such a weird year. I know, it's been super weird, but I'm good otherwise. I'm good. I want to start here. Like, give us like an introduction of yourself. Like, not, this, not necessarily only on endoboxes, which was, we're going to come to as well. We're going to like dive more deep into that, but like generally. And then we jump to your, to your uh, part in the cannabis industry. Okay, sure. I grew up in England. I grew up in the south coast of England in Portsmouth and um, I was raised by um, my mum and dad. My, my dad is um, from Iran and my mum is English so I had a kind of very multicultural upbringing and every year we were going to Iran to spend a month or so there with my family and you know always we were always kind of back and forth and I had a very mixed kind of upbringing so my dad was incredibly strict with me throughout my earlier life and um so yeah this is kind of important to take into account when I come to this stage in my life where I'm doing the, the stuff with endo boxes so um and uh, so I had kind of a strict upbringing and then I moved up to London to study for university and I moved in with a, a group of friends um so I was living in um, Hackney in this really amazing warehouse and um, it was just full of creative people and it was an amazing environment and this is where I started being able to kind of explore the recreational use of cannabis um, and this was it was at the same time as I was doing a master's in physiotherapy so I was very interested in the body so this happened at the same time so like my exploration of cannabis and also learning more about the body and how it how it works and functions. From there, um, I kind of continued on with the physiotherapy, which I still do as well, um, privately as well as endoboxes. Um, and I started doing endoboxes because the main way that I was using um, cannabis and CBD at the time was to help me with period pains um, and to help me with kind of just any other pains I would have because I experimented a lot with using it as a pain relief rather than things like paracetamol, ibuprofen and things like that. I just... I kind of stopped using any kind of pills basically like that. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I got into what I'm, what I'm doing now, but my background was kind of quite, I suppose, even still now my family and, and not, uh, a, 
are not kind of fans of um, my involvement in the cannabis industry at all. Um, and they're very supportive of my business, but it's still kind of, we don't really speak about, um, we don't speak about cannabis. It's still very much oriented around CBD. And even that we don't really talk too much about it. It's more spoken about like it's a vitamin supplement or something. So yeah, yeah like they wish it was a carrot instead of cannabis you were dealing with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that must be hard though. I mean, I can, I can only understand Especially like when you're doing something that is so like specific, you know, you're having this box with products for females. So, I mean, all up until there, they are like, wow, this is incredible. I can imagine, you know, but then the product itself, like that's, or like the ingredient itself, that's where like, you know, it's getting like really tough for them to like, maybe, ah, deal with it. And it's, it's really too bad that like, that is the thing that, because I mean, I know that my my big sister, for example, she's the same. She's like, why can't you just start like a, a yoga account? I'm like, because I think this is super important, you know? <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Like, yes, of course, yoga, that also gives a lot of good stuff for people, for sure. But, you know, yeah. So it's it's funny how like that is like this thing where it's like direct blow for some people. So what is it for them? Like, is it more culturally for them that like that that plays part or is what is it or legality? It's a combination of things. So um, my dad um, comes from a culture where smoking cannabis is just it, it doesn't happen. Um, at least it definitely doesn't happen unless it's behind very firmly closed doors, which are kind of locked out with uh, multiple pillows and blankets and things around the edges. Because, I mean, in Iran, you, you're not allowed drugs. Um you're actually not allowed alcohol either. Cannabis is just really, I mean, it's probably the worst kind of drug of all because you can really smell it. So you wouldn't be, you wouldn't want to be caught with it. So it's, it's a drug which is really not used very much um, because of that. I mean, you, you could tell, you could tell even if your neighbor was smoking it. Right. So, I mean, it's a dodgy drug to use and people do smoke it. I mean, cannabis grows um, in abundance in that re- region. So um, it, it definitely does get into the country, but it's really naughty. And it was a big part of the culture like before, right? Let's say a couple of thousand years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. And even some of the kind of ancient Persian poetry references, um, references um, the marijuana plant. But um, again, a lot, and a lot of poetry references wine. Um, but uh, times have changed. Um, there was an Islamic revolution in 1979. And since then, um, it's, it, it has been a, a theocracy um, run by... Uh, some very strict, uh, strict men who don't want any alcohol or drugs in the country. So, so that's how it is currently. It'll be interesting to see if in the future that that changes. I do think that there is, there can be a possibility that it does. But I also know that, like in many places around the world now, let's say the the religions are trying to like doubling down. It's the same thing in Indonesia where my husband is from. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It comes now. I don't know if it's like Saudi that is like putting a lot of money into building new mosques because they do that in some parts here in Europe. So maybe it's the same there. Uh, But it's really like doubling down on that right now, Um, which then we can see they're like, okay, so there's like super strict bans on 
whether it's alcohol, yeah. weed, other stuff, yeah. uh, the way women dresses, all these, all these things. Yeah. Uh, and that will surely stay for maybe a few decades, but um, you know, maybe in the end. Yeah. But does your dad remember before? Like, did he live there before the Islamic Revolution and? After, like, did he see the change or was he too young? Um, my dad uh, was uh, about 25 when the revolution happened. Um, so he he was actually living in England and um, he, so he moved to England when he was 21 to study. So he, he was living in Iran kind of before the revolution and it was much more liberal at the time. Um, but it doesn't change. It, you know, some, some things are very... Um, hard to change and one of them is the mindset of someone who is from the generation before us I think because they they seem to uh, really kind of hold on to these views on um, drugs and um, taboo subjects like periods and mental health things like that I think it's I think it's just very very difficult to to change to change that um, and my mum's English and I can speak to her to some extent about, about these things, but even, you know, stuff like periods and, and sex and stuff, we, we don't really talk about, about that openly. And so I, I, you know, I just really don't have any hope when it comes to talking about your period care company, which has CBD products in it with your Middle Eastern father. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, we've got a real double, we've got a real double whammy there. Um, yes. <laughs> but, but it's fine. And, and you know what, actually, it just, I feel like in some respects, it's actually been a really positive thing because it's meant that I've really had to work for this myself and that I know for sure that this is a real passion of mine and that I want to keep on doing it because I've managed to to do it regardless and um I've been managed to do it unsupported and uh I'm really sure that I love what I'm doing and also realistically if that's the way that my parents think then that's the way a lot of people in this country think um so it's important to kind of be able to understand that mindset and be able to create a business which can actually be appealing to everybody, including those sorts of people. So it's actually made me make quite a few changes to the way that I present endo boxes. Before I used to lead very heavily on it being a CBD period care box. Now it's a period care box um, or period care products with a signature blend of essential oils and CBD. You know, it's, it's it's now you know the angle has changed because it was unpalatable for people who 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 are scared by the the CBD aspect of things and so this is why now um, I spent a lot of time focusing on trying to get this kind of perfect blend of essential oils which were just like the essential oils that women really love. Um, I worked on a few different blends and then had an event which. Um, all the women who came to it basically voted on which scent they liked, and that scent is the one that's now um, involved. It's, it's a scent that's now used in the whole product line, and it's combined with those oils are combined with the CBD. So it's now, I guess, a bit of a broader offering than it was before, which was yeah, just kind of CBD products, um, which you know. So ho- so in a way, I kind of feel like I've been tested a bit by my background. I think it's just made me more realistic because it's another thing about the cannabis community. I don't know if you can resonate with this, this feeling that I have, but 
when you're working in the cannabis community, when you're networking in the cannabis community, when you're talking to your friends, you're hanging out with your friends who are sharing the same community, even the online community, you can actually start to feel so comfortable with conversations about cannabis and use of cannabis and seeing people dabbing and smoking and all this stuff. It seems so normal and natural that when you actually go out there in the real world, you're actually, it's actually quite daunting because you've got such a disjuncture between your experience of this wonderful plant that we have and actually how it's perceived in public. And I think it's important to have your hand in both camps, especially if you're trying to be a businesswoman or businessman trying to launch a business. You need to, you need to sure do something which appeals to the cannabis community, but you also need to realize that the cannabis community, though it's growing, is a tiny fraction of the people that make up this country. You have to kind of reconcile that and you have to be clever and do this kind of balancing act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the only way you can even communicate with the with the people that are not in the cannabis community is to understand like their fears. Mm. And how are you going to do that if you if you just say that oh no you're stupid you don't understand this, you know? Like maybe maybe somewhere deep down we're like get super frustrated and like ah you know yeah. so stupid why can't you just like read a bit or why are you so judgmental like all these things that like we might feel bubble up but those things will never help like this conversation and like building the bridge together like that will never happen if that's how we communicate with them so it, like you say like have have one foot in each like pool and just stand there like super grounded and say hey you know Come here. You can check here. You don't have to try anything. Just like check this out if you want. There's some super nice people here. I had a moment a few weeks ago when um, something really special happened to me. So I've been working for a long time on developing this the endo balm, which is like a it's a it's a, a CBD balm, um, and it's got lots of lovely ingredients in it. It's got quite a high amount of CBD. So for a 50 ml container, it's got like 500 milligram CBD, which is quite high, but it needs to be high because I use it and other women who, ha- who have it use it as a period balm. So like you rub it on your abdomen or your back if you've got pains and it's really effective. Anyway, so my mom actually, during the coronavirus, she actually realized that she had shingles. What is shingles? I recognize it. Shingles is like, um, from what I understand, it's kind of like um, an, a version of like measles or something where you get these like sores on your body. Mm-hmm. It can be really, really bad because you can, as an adult, you can get them, you can get it kind of on your face, on your back. Does it look like eczema or something or how? It looks like. Does it itch? It looks, yeah. And it looks like bites. It looks like bites, but it's kind of can be itchy, but they're incredibly sore and they can they're so sore that it um it can really limit your movement if you have them on your back or on your spine it can be just so painful anyway with coronavirus so people weren't really going to the doctors as much or anything like that so my mum ended up having this um these sores on her skin and after a couple of weeks and like a month she realized that it's actually shingles she was saying i don't know what to use on it i don't know what to do And so I gave her some of this balm, which I had, which is the endo boxes balm that we have. And I said, you can try it. I just gave it to her. You can try that if you, that might help. And I didn't say because it has CBD because it's got hemp in it. I didn't say that. I just said, you could try this because it's got rose oil in it. Rose is calming, right? Rose is like, a, like it's gentle. So she went away upstairs and she used it. She came back down and she didn't say anything. And then a few hours later, she said, you know, I can't actually feel the sores right now. 
And I was just like, hmm, it might just be luck. Who knows? Could be, you know, I was being really subtle about it. Like, then I saw her a few hours later, she goes up again. She comes down and she's kind of like, clearly she's got a bit of oil. She's kind of rubbing her hands together. She just comes down from up. I didn't even say anything. Like, I was just like, I'm just going to let this happen. And then about a week later, she was like, you know, I'm really getting through that, that balm quite quickly. Have you got any more of it? You know what? This is just the biggest win ever for me because finally she believes in what the products are that I'm selling. You know, previously I know my mum had said, how could a balm, how could something you rub on your skin, a balm, actually help you with period pains or back pains or whatever? And then when she tried it and she realized it did work and it brought these sores down and it actually got rid of these sores. She doesn't even have any of them anymore now after one month, which is crazy. Um, She now believes in it. And she said to me, you should produce this for like older women who do get things like shingles or aches and pains and things like that. And I was so happy because, you know, it's, it kind of, you don't need other people to validate what you're doing, but it really helps to, to get that validation and even though it was in a, in that form and we never still we never still spoke about CBD she still doesn't know that it's inside she knows it but it's kind of like we don't really talk about it you know it's just, just like, I don't I don't need to repeat it please no yeah like it, it just works <laughs> like it works very well you know that's when it stops there it was a really nice moment for me because it showed it showed me that actually there is hope there you know people who can be really against this sort of thing who are really against cannabis if you can just provide products or you can provide services or whatever it is that you're doing, which and connect with them in some way, whether it's an experience of using a product or listening to a podcast or engaging with your content in some way that they find that they are not afraid by it and they're not overwhelmed by it and they don't feel like you're forcing it down their throat. Like, and you know, like it's really, really, you know, you get these kind of really angry vegans. And also I'm really a fan of the vegan movement. Like I actually, try to eat vegan a lot of the time myself but I've met so many very angry vegans um and I have <laughs> and so I'm like no 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 the way to go about this is not like to to force it on people's throats and tell them they're killing you know you're killing cows you're you know um and then have post up graphic pictures of slaughterhouses and stuff that's not the way that that isn't the the way that that's going to get through to people in in my mind way is just to say like hey this vegan community is incredible what we're doing is amazing and this is why it's so beautiful like let's focus on like the the wonderful aspects of it and draw people in that way you know and I think it's the same with same with cannabis rather than saying like oh you're using horrible pills and pharmaceutical stuff when you could be using marijuana you're doing this you're funding the pharmaceutical industry rather than that let's just say like hey there's a really nice way you could do that. And it's using a plant and it's really gentle and it, it's not addictive either. And, and you might quite like it, you know, just suggest just the power of suggestion, gentle suggestion. Sorry for interrupting. I hope you enjoy listening so far. Please check out my account, Lady Silverstone at patreon.com so I can continue creating cannabis content for you. 
how did you start endoboxes? What was your spark to do so? Actually, that is one of the follower questions as well. Like, what was your inspirations for the box? So endoboxes actually started with um, a different form of endobox. So actually, the first version of endobox, um, which some of the followers for the endobox, my endoboxes account will actually remember... um, because they were there from the very beginning, it was actually a box which had four different methods of taking CBD. So there was a topical, there was um, a vape, there was um, an edible, and there was a, it was basically gummies, an oil, a vape, and um, a cream. And so it was four different ways of taking CBD within the same box in a very small form of each of them so people could try it and work out which version of taking CBD suits them the best. So it was kind of like a a CBD starter box, like a CBD experimentation box. Because I felt that actually a few years ago, like two years ago, it was very daunting if you wanted to try CBD. It wasn't like it was in Holland and Barrett's. It wasn't in the high street. At this point, it was just in vape shops or from um, kind of like local producers who sold hemp products to very niche kind of groups of people online, etc. Now, CBD is widely accessible, but then it wasn't. And I saw CBD to be the legal bridge between cannabis and, um, you know, the public, because it was literally the only legal version of cannabis that we had. So I was really interested in bringing it to the public in a way that they could kind of do it almost discreetly if they wanted to. So, hey, I want to try CBD, but I don't know. I'm scared. I don't know about vaping CBD. I don't know about taking the oil. I don't know about taking the sweets. I don't know about this. But with the Enderbox, it came with like instructions of to how to use each of these things and told them exactly how much this dose would be and how we'd recommend that they could try each of these things. And then the idea was after they had their first Enderbox, they could then order the larger versions of those products through endo boxes and get them delivered discreetly again to their door. This was the original um, endo boxes and actually it was good and it was fairly, um, it was going fairly well as a business, but I found that I wanted to focus on the women's area more um, because it's an area that I know the, the, the best because I am a woman. <laughs> and uh, so I'm super passionate about it. You know, I want to work in the women's space and not just when it comes to kind of periods, but like just generally, I want to be, I want to work am- amongst other women. And the best way of doing that is to have a company which has an offering for women and allows me to be a huge part of the community. And that's what I want. And secondly, um, as a business, I thought that actually having a more niche um, target audience um, would be better than to basically target everyone in the country. And I anticipated that actually CBD products would become more and more widely available as time went on. And sure enough, a year later from when I angled the business towards women, CBD was on the shelves in Holland and Barrett. So thank goodness I decided to make that change um, because it turned out that um, the high street did my job for me and, and made CBD accessible to people. So, but that was how it began. And so, and then obviously I kind of just veered it towards women and, um, you know, made some changes um, focusing on my interest, which was helping women kind of combat period pains and things. Cause that's how I, that's how I mostly use uh, CBD myself. So it was like a natural a natural choice for me. And I also have quite a few friends who have um, endometriosis. 
my friend, one of my friends, Yaz, um, has suffered with it for years and she's just been like a silent warrior for her whole life, you know, and um, she doesn't even really talk much about it to you, you know. She just suffers day to day, day to day, and she just gets on with it. And I had so many inspirational women around me who were living with conditions that are caused by like painful, uh, pain, you know, pain in their re- reproductive areas. And I was just like, you know, like this is an area which I need to focus on because it's a very real problem. And I don't feel like there's enough conversation happening about it. And I don't feel like there's enough support for women who are using cannabis to medicate for those those problems because a lot of women have endo use cannabis. And I think that's how like a lot of women also get maybe not introduced to cannabis because maybe that happens at a party or whatever, but how you start using it like by yourself. Like the first times I used cannabis, I was at parties maybe and I was sitting sharing a joint. I don't want to sit and share my joint when I have my period pain, like, or my vape, like, no, this is mine. Like, I need to use this for myself, you know? Um, So I think when it goes from being this thing that you just share, you just have to wait for your turn to come to, like, you have your own stash, you have your own, like, you know that this strain is like, do you see what I mean? Like, that is such a nice, uh, it it becomes such a nice, like, relationship and it becomes very, like, intimate And that's, I also think, when it becomes very, like, mindful. So before, maybe you just do it. Like, now, if I, if I, when I use weed, I don't, I don't use it, like, along with alcohol. Because I just, I I don't want to have those two, like, things in my body at the same time. Like, it's not nice. No, 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 it's weird, isn't it? But it can happen. Like, if I'm at a party and I have been drinking, like, a glass of wine or so and someone has a joint, And I know that there's that little, of course, I will like gravitate toward that because like, that's my crowd. Do you see what I mean? Of course, of course I do. (laughs) Yeah. So like, but yeah, again, that is like when you use it, let's say more um, in, in some kind of like social, social way. Recreationally. Yeah, exactly. But even though, I mean, I do use it recreationally as well, like by myself as well but it's just so it's just so different i would never use it with alcohol for example and i wouldn't use it like certain times of the day because i just feel like okay i'm not gonna answer like any emails if i you know yeah you need you need an out of office on (laughs) exactly you you know a life out of office on Um, yes 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 it's it's and you, and you also do need to do things like take precautions with regards to driving and things like for example i can't I know that right, I can't have um, any cannabis right now because later on I've got to drive half an hour to get to my dad's house. And I also know if I'm going to my dad's house, I probably need to be careful because I need to have had the cannabis either in an edible form or I needed to have smoked it about half an hour before so that the smell goes away so that when I go there, he doesn't smell it. You know, it's, it's oh my goodness, it's just such a game. It's just such a game time <laughs> to, to live in a society where it's still not legal yet and we're still having to run around like naughty school children behind a bike shed or something. Exactly. I was just going to say that like you feel like a child yeah. and then you're 30. You're like, is this really how it's supposed to feel? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's so strange. 
It's so, so strange. It is, especially when CBD is so commonly accepted now. It's like, you know, so many people are using CBD in, in rubs and, and oils to help them sleep and all this, that, the other. And yet we're still, we're still kind of, we're still stigmatizing um, the other compounds which, which are in cannabis because uh, they have psychoactive effects. I mean, it feels unreal to be honest. But I- it feels unreal. Yeah. Like, how is it like if you meet, so for example, um, pe- sometimes I'd speak to people that are against when they ask, why, why do you, why do you advocate uh, cannabis? And why do you want to put another drug out there? I'm like, wait, 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 wait. There's no such thing as like me, I, me and my community going to put another drug out there. Like it's already there. It's like free flow already. You can get cannabis, you can get spice, you can get like the strongest cannabis, probably sprayed with a lot of like crappy stuff. That's what you get now. Like there's not, nothing is going to change when it comes, the product will only become safer. It will be taxed. It will be regulated. Like that is what's going to happen. People are still going to smoke as much. And I, I really don't think, and I, I guess you also have some friends that are like, oh, but weed is not my thing. I have a lot of friends that are like that. And those people will not just start using weed because it's legal. Yeah, um, it's odd. I mean, and what's so strange about it that I find is that it's always going to be an option anyway. So if it became legalized and people were able to, to use cannabis, then that's because they've chosen to use it. So I don't really, I don't really understand I don't really understand that when people, when people kind of say, you know, you're just trying to, you're just trying to get it out. You're just trying to get another drug out there. Like you just, I, d- I just, I don't understand it from so many angles. Um, I really struggle with it. Um, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's hard for me, for me, when I meet people who were so averse to um, the use of cannabis, I, I sometimes do just sort of, um, zone out of, of the conversation or actually avoid having it which to be honest with you I, I know that's that's not good because really we need as many people as possible kind of vocalizing um, you know how how wonderful it is how wonderful it is and but sometimes I feel too tired to, to do that because it it really can feel like a a debate you know you really you're you're entering a debate where you're almost seeming like you're defending crack cocaine you know you're, you that's how it and and, and because you're basic though sometimes people who who conceive of marijuana as basically being just like any other drug you, when you're having a conversation with them you're not actually defending cannabis you find yourself almost defending drugs generally um, which is not really what I want to do in it, but it, you kind of seem like you're doing that. Does, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. I- it's really weird. And also like, it's a really hard thing to like reach, reach them because you're already like, you're not starting off at the same time. Like you have, you have like a lot of information about like the plant itself. You have a lot of information about the history. You also probably understand like the, the, very like destructive effects of our drug politics that we have had the last couple of decades. So you have, you're standing there with all these informations like in your luggage 
while this person is standing there with only like this the like the indoctrination that they had in school that we all had in school i mean i had it as well it's just that i chose to like dive deep into the understanding of it and everything around while they focus to do that on something else you know maybe they do it in i don't know football or or roses or whatever it might be you know like starting off at those like very different levels it's very hard to meet because you need like an hour of preparation for like okay so let's talk about all these things before and then now okay what do you think about the decriminalization like you cannot just say that directly like that it's or yes of course we can because that's what we're forced to do but it's very hard yeah it's, it's very hard it's almost you almost need popular culture to change and actually be more supportive of cannabis as well because then it I think it is the actual kind of like frequent, um, gentle, subtle, minimal exposure to um, to cannabis, which allows people to think think over a period of weeks and months and days about things without even necessarily knowing they're thinking about it to allow them to then be in a position where having such a conversation they can be of more of an open mind there's actually um i don't know if you've heard of it but there's a um series here called gavin and stacy um it's a tv it's a tv series and it's it's very popular with um all ages in this country and it's been around for a few years now and um they always do uh, a christmas special or they some every couple of years they do a Christmas special, um, which is aired on on Christmas Day or Boxing Day. And this year they they actually all got stoned on on this episode. So not in real life, but in the episode, someone provided them with some some I don't know I can't actually remember whether they smoked or uh, how they took this cannabis, but basically they all ended up getting stoned and they all got kind of the munchies. And it was so funny because the way they depicted was hilarious because they were all the, you know, really hungry and craving snacks and things like that. But in a sense, even though it kind of annoyed me that they did it in that way, because it kind of stereotyped, it's kind of true to some extent. And it was also really funny because it showed, it showed an openness for one of the most like popular TV series that there is in the country to even, even show cannabis use by people who were over the age of 50 because the people who took it were like over the age of 50 you know and in a way like hey you know this is like this is kind of a big step you know because it is because it's still illegal here it is still actually illegal so even for that to have been aired on christmas day to the nation broadly was was good and i was I kind of noted that. I was like, okay, I mean, I need to check that out as well. Yeah. It's also because funny. I want to see how they describe like the, how you become like, because I can, I don't know if they made like, the, did they make them like giggle a lot or was it like, they were all like couch potatoes or like, how did they? No, no, they were kind of, yeah, they were like having a good time. It was all right. You know, it was, it was, <laughs> it was okay. I, I don't know whether I can access it. And if so, then I'll kind of send you the link, but it was. Yes, please. If you can. Is that, is that kind of stuff which we need more of, you know? Um, and they probably didn't, they didn't depict it perfectly. But, and a lot of people would kind of scrutinize it and probably say, oh, it just makes us look, you know, like we're just stoners that just snacking all the time and, you know, it, and, and that we can't actually function normally if we've, take, you know, used cannabis. But we got to start somewhere, right? We've got to start somewhere. And if it's Gavin and Stacey, it's on a Gavin and Stacey episode, 
sure I'm happy. I'll take that for now. It's good enough. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. I'll take it for now. I'm very happy to hear that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, that is something that like all generations are watching and they really appreciate it. So like the show itself has like this trust and love from the from the people already. So it's nice. Uh, I hope that your parents watched it. Yeah, they did. They did. And um, my mom They did. My mom was actually really excited about it. She was like, "Hey, do you know that there's an episode on and it's they're talking about cannabis or they said <laughs> they're talking about cannabis <laughs> you know it's kind of hush hush yeah. she was a bit like oh you know it was a bit cheeky yeah 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 um oh that's so cute yeah mm-hmm. we're getting there yes 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 we are Dear listeners, if you like what you hear, please check out my Patreon. The link is in the description here below. Only if you're able to, of course. Now, let's get back to our guest. What was your like intentional relationship um initial, sorry, initial relationship to cannabis? And like how did this start? When was your first time? First time I tried cannabis was smoking and I was smoking with a group of friends. So one of my friends there who uses it to um medicate with um he so he smokes it. He smokes it, but he also creates makes his own kind of oils and things like that. So I I smoked it with him and some other friends and and I really liked it. And I was yeah, I just kind of I guess that became more and more frequent <laughs> recreationally. Um prior to that I had I had smoked occasionally. Um but I think don't think I'd ever smoked it in an environment where I felt comfortable doing it. Whereas with this particular group of friends, I felt really, really relaxed and I felt really, I felt really good about it because I guess it was the first time I'd been exposed to people who were using it, not necessarily just to get high. You know, it was actually like this friend that's using it is using it because it helps him with his pain. And so it, it kind of just felt, it felt really natural to me. And I, and I suppose I viewed it in a totally different way um, in that environment, which is just so interesting, I think. Um, sorry, my WhatsApp popping off there. I think, it's really, I think it's really interesting that the environment that you're in can affect your perception of cannabis, you know, like you could test me. It's, it's really fascinating to me. Because that happened to me, you know, it's almost, it almost was like prior to when I smoked it with that friend in that environment, it's almost like I had never smoked it before, but I had, but I, but it's like, I kind of hadn't. Because it was so, it, it was more of a, was it more of a, I don't know, like a thing you did because it was, everyone had like a little half only or like, what was the, was it more like that? Or like, okay, you have a little hit. Yeah. It was like everyone would just kind of pass it around sneakily and have one quick toke and you probably got some beers flowing as well and you know it's and but then when I smoked it again in this new environment there were it wasn't beer and there wasn't other alcohol around and it and actually I kind of was I kind of rolled my own to try I was like I want to make one can I make one I was like oh, I kind of realized like actually it's such a intimate thing to do between friends and it's and I loved that. I just loved it. It allowed us to just bond in such an amazing way. And um, so, yeah, I think I think I have probably have have that particular friend Alex to thank for um, for introducing me to to cannabis in in such a kind of like intimate and friendly and gentle way. And 
so that's that's my first experience of it um what was your experience first experience i was very like anti drugs because like sweden is that is like how they they just teach you in school like we have like a zero tolerance like in sweden overall so like it's zero tolerance towards drugs which makes it very destructive for for a lot of people the people that needs help doesn't really get help because it's so stigmatized just by just by like testing positive you can lose just like jobs kids everything so it's so super stigmatized which it is in the rest of europe as well and most places in the world but it's just that like it's this small country where just everyone really a bit thinks the same and if you don't think the same you're like mm, hold on you know uh, so I was really against it and then I moved to Paris and I think that was that was what helped me with a lot of things you know not only not only the way I viewed cannabis but also life in general like I you can discuss stuff like if you have a different opinion than someone else that's fine Do you see what I mean? Like, that is okay. That's just a possibility for growth, even. Um, while back in Sweden, I was like, ooh, no, God, we cannot have, like, different opinions. And now we shouldn't really think different here because that can be bad ambience and stuff. So, like, drop that. I t tried my first joint. Uh, I rolled it. I stole some hash from my ex-boyfriend who smoked weed. And I'm like, took this little piece, you know, when you take like with the nails, I'm like, took a little piece, put it in my pocket, went back home to where me and my best friend lived. And we rolled up a little joint and it was, it was really nice. We were like giggling, having a good time. And also there, then again, like with no, with no alcohol, nothing, just us chilling, munching after, obviously. Uh, it was nice but after that it was like a lot on parties like in Paris maybe it's the same in London I don't know but like every party there's no party when there's no one smoking yeah well in Sweden like that's hard to find gosh I yeah I, I mean we say there's no party where it doesn't exist it's probably more because I'm taking it to the parties <laughs> exactly I'm bringing it to the party <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe that's the reason why it's at all the parties but but uh must be really strange for you to have come from a culture that's so unaccepting and then now be in the position you're in now. It is. How do you feel now? Do you feel a lot better about being able to be comfortable with the idea that maybe actually these kind of thoughts that you initially had, like drugs are drugs and they're bad. The fact that you've now kind of, you've got a more gentle view on things, perhaps like a slightly different view on things. Do you feel happier? A lot, because I think, I think the less you know about something, that is what is scary. So I think I didn't know a lot about cannabis, what it really did to people, what really happened in the brain and in the body of someone that was on it, you know? And that is, that's what was so scary. So like, For me, seeing someone that acted weirdly, I'm like, oh my God, maybe he's high. But why do you even make those weird assumptions, you know? Like maybe maybe he's not high at all. Maybe he's not drunk or maybe he is only drunk or he had a bad day, you know? But that is something that like, I think also when you're younger that, you know, you have this, you have this view, you have more of a black and white view. You see what I mean? Like right and wrong, good and evil, stuff like that, you know? So the older you get, the more gray the world become. And in gray, I don't mean gray, boring. I mean gray that like there's so many nuances of, of things, you know. I don't see things as like good or bad. Like that is, it takes a long, 
way for me to say, no, that is bad. And like me saying that that is only bad, no, because saying that something is bad, there's so many things around it. There's so many things. Do you, do you think that you have cannabis to, to thank for actually changing your mind in that way and making you more open? Because I personally do. I feel like having had to fight through the stigma surrounding cannabis and really see how wrong people can get it when they don't understand it has actually made me feel very differently about about things that I know nothing about. So I, I judge far less now than I used to because I've been on the opposing end. Um, it, it's almost, uh, yeah, it's like I've got a lot to, to thank cannabis for. Also like, self, like self-reflection and self-distancing. I think that was, that was something that was uh, way harder for me before, before cannabis. Like sh- really, really. You know, I, could, I took myself a bit too serious. Now I'm like, oh, but that's fine, you know? It's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's no, I totally agree with you. And I think the perspective is just like so so broadened when you when you use cannabis. And I don't know exactly what it is if it's just like the calming effects that it gives you and you feel like more accepting and like I don't know that of course it opens up your mind in in various va- ways but I wonder what it does I mean I'm talking like I want to know from like a scientist a, you know neuroscientist like what is actually happening Yeah I don't know I I don't know whether I I I personally don't understand that deep level of it that actually brings me on to potentially your next podcast um well who knows <laughs> but uh uh Dr. Callie, um, do you know do you know Dr. Callie? I follow her on Instagram. Mm-mm. She's a wonderful woman, and I always, <laughs> I always rope her into uh, Endobox uh, events and things like that because I, I just, I love, I love the knowledge she brings to the table, and also she's an absolute queen. Um, so she has a fantastic knowledge of the science behind cannabis. So she probably does understand the. I know that she will understand. Exactly what's going down. I need to have her here. You, uh, I'm recommending, I'm strongly recommending her. She's wonderful. So, um, well, I hope she has time and want to, to join then. She would love, I'm sure she would love to have a conversation like this. Um, that would be awesome. It's, uh, but certainly um, it, it does kind of broaden your, broaden your mind and it, and it feels like your whole perspective on the world in that moment when you are smoking and enjoying the effects of cannabis your whole perspective is different it's just changed it it's and it's so peaceful and it's I love I love the fact that you're doing this podcast and I think it's really exciting and I'm really looking forward to hearing other people talk with you and seeing what kind of conversations you have it's exciting especially like the with the women the women are very very cool in this space Really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because the women who survive in this in this industry, um, or the people or the women who partake in this industry, um, and who are part of the cannabis community, they're already queens because no, no, they've already fought. 
<laughs> they've already fought a lot of people to get to the place where they can be comfortable being themselves and just own own their own you know own own it you know yeah and already this is a hard thing to stay a queen in yeah because you're constantly like what are you doing like stigma here discrimination there beam you know you have all these things and legally as well i mean you guys who are having actual like products yeah selling products and stuff i mean oof. minefield do you know what i'm gonna let you pave the way because one day i would love to do that but like i just cannot deal with that yet you know you're doing such an amazing work i mean guys wow thank you so much i need i need to i need to um I need to definitely get some some of these new products in your hands so you can try them and love them because <laughs> they are they are honestly like they are like my babies now because it's been so hard um, to get them. so like a long journey yeah it's been it's been a long journey these are like my faithful friends at this stage they may they may be inanimate inanimate objects and products but I love them like a baby. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. I mean, Endobox is your baby. Lady Silverstone is my baby. I mean, it's it's important. Like, it's such a you know little gem that we created and that we want to to go further in this because we want to yeah just be able to stay here and boost each other and come far together. Yeah, that's what we want to do. It's what we're doing. It's what you're doing. Exactly. That's what we're doing. And what we're gonna do for the rest. That is so awesome. We're doing it and it looks like this, I think. So Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for for being on my podcast. Thanks for having me. If I come to London, I'll tell you. Definitely. Let's do it. You have an awesome day, babe. All right. Well, bye darling. Thank you, darling. Mwah. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to my social channels and rate this podcast. And if you would like to support me a little bit extra, it would really mean the world to me. So check out my Patreon profile that I linked in the episode description. It's all thanks to your support that I can continue talking, writing, recording and making more cannabis content for you and our amazing community. Have an awesome day and lots of love.